Hello everyone and welcome to episode 20 of the Former Lockdown Podcast. I am Tom Roberts, your host as always on the show. After a few weeks off due to me stupidly hitting my head, uh, getting out of my car and being really badly concussed and having headaches for several weeks, uh, the show is finally back. On this week's episode, uh, I actually have some co-hosts with me. For one segment, it was for the whole show, but it's only one segment now because uh, of a technical fuck-up on my end. Uh, but they were going to be Dan McDougall and Matt Young of Frankenbock and King Parrot, respectively. Uh, both of which just got back from America. Dan got back from a trip over there and Matt got back from a tour over there. But uh, other than that, we have a, a very in-depth interview with uh, lead singer of The Murdering and my personal all-time favourite Australian metal band Deprivation. Uh, we have a, in de- part one of the interview with Ben Weaver. But before we get into all that, what do you say we uh, kick off the show? This is Ben from The Murdering. You're listening to... The Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. Presented by... Tom Roberts. Full Metal and mostly Aussie. Uh, okay, so uh, th- this is episode 20 of the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. Uh, we actually have... Something cool this week, uh, something that I haven't done before. I actually have a couple of co-hosts on the line with me. I have Dan McDougall from Frankenbock and Matt Young from King Parrot. Uh, if you want to say hello, guys, now's the time. You go first, Matthew. <laughs> hello, everyone. This is Matthew from King Parrot. Hey, and hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Dan from Frankenbock. How you going? <laughs> They're both uh, <laughs> former guests of the show as well. Dan, more recent than Matt. Matt was like, I don't know, seven or eight episodes ago, and Matt, uh, Dan was like four episodes ago. But yeah, um, so what have you guys been up to? I know, Matt, you just got back from a big tour of the US, and Dan, you just got back from a trip to the US. But uh, how, what else has been going on? How have you guys been? Up to you, sir. <laughs> um, well, yes, um, yes, we both did get back. Uh, my stay was a lot shorter than Matt's, but um, I got to catch up with King Parrot at the Housecore Horror Film Festival, which uh, happened in Austin, Texas, and and um, yeah, yeah, got to see the Parrot Boys absolutely destroy the place, and uh, yeah, definitely got best band there in my opinion, and uh, yeah, showed them how it's done. It was awesome. Had a ball. Uh, so did Matthew and the boys. I'm sure he will let you know all about it. <laughs> oh, shucks, Dan. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we had a good time. We've been over there for like about three months. And uh, we did a tour initially with um, Origin and a band called Beyond Creation. Who are, um, I think they're, about, they're coming out next week, I think, to do a tour with uh, Neo Blue Viscaris. Um, they're a Canadian band, sort of uh, proggy, sort of tech death metal stuff, and a uh, really cool band worth checking out. Um, so we did a tour, about a month-long US tour with both of those bands, and um, and then uh, we took a month off while over there to write a new album. We were in Vermont and just sort of hanging out up there, and, um, and then we did a shorter tour, another like 11-show tour. We did some shows with Darkest Hour and Unearth and, and Carnifex. And we, uh, you know, played a few random things here and there. We played it with a band called Child Bite, who I really like. And um, we did the CMJ showcase in, in New York and then made our way down to the House Call Horror Fest where we uh, did catch up with Dan and, and played with this whole swag of awesome bands down there. And it was, uh, yeah, it's probably one of the best festivals I've ever been to, I reckon. I had a really good time and, uh, and all the bands were just awesome, all the sort of bands I like and... Um, 
and it was just a really cool, chilled out, relaxed vibe, and and all the bands just hanging out together and making friends and acquaintances and whatever, and and it just went really, really well. Had a really good time. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Oh, uh, congratulations on that as well, and uh, congratulations also on getting the uh, the support for Down and Orange Goblin and Goblin and uh, Blast for later on in the year. That was awesome Thank you. to see that. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good one, man. Yeah, I think we, we've taken off in a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, we'll be be over there up until uh, Christmas touring with those guys. So it's going to be. Uh, one hell of an experience, I think. <laughs> so, uh, what's been happening on the Frankenbox side of things? Are we, am I allowed to talk about what you sent me the other week yet? Or is that still a bit hush-hush? No, no, not at all, man. It's, um, yeah, we're just, just about to put out a new song called Never To Return. And probably all things going well be at the end of this month. So we'll have it up and up and ready to... Yeah, up and right running. Yeah, out on out in the press and uh, and up for sale and all that stuff. So we just just thought we'd uh, get something out there for the time being while we're still writing the writing and recording the new album, which we probably uh, have done around March, April next year. Oh, cool. So we just wanted to get something out because uh, you know we're just itching to get some of this material out there. So. Yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on. We've got a couple more shows booked for the end of the year, and then we're just knuckling down and really, really got to make sure that we get, yeah, get the, get this damn album out by about April. So, so, uh, guys, what's been happening down in Melbourne? Because I'm up in New South Wales at the moment. One of our guests that ended up pulling out, one of the co-hosts that ended up pulling out, was from Brisbane. So I was gonna like try and spread this question out, but what's been happening down in Melbourne, like with the local metal scene down there? Um, I don't know, man. I haven't been here really. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's uh, oh, I went and saw Gorguts and Portal last night, and that was really good. And uh, um, it's doing really good at the moment. Hell more just put out a record. And that's really cool. I like that. And uh, um, I'm not too sure. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I'm not exactly in touch with what's been happening, but uh, I know I hate almost any any record, and it's really good. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's, Guys, there's sorry like, about this. Oh, You're breaking up. Cool. I can't okay. hear uh, can Oh, you there you are. You're back again. Sorry, I broke okay. up about yeah. halfway through Matt, what Matt was saying. I just said that Hadelmore, the new Hadelmore record is really cool. You should check it out. Oh, okay. Cool. And um, I was yeah, getting on to say that there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, nothing's really changed. It's always been good down in Melbourne, but there's a lot of really good young bands coming up now and a lot of good thrash bands. They're the ones that are really getting my attention. Bands like um, Mason and Harlot and um, a little young thrash band called Cryptic Abyss. They're, they're all just doing really well. We just played a show with Mason and, you know, those guys are just impressing me every time I see them. And uh, we're also, also having a bit more to do with the Alkira boys from Adelaide, which is not really much to do with, uh, with the Melbourne scene, but they're another band that I definitely... Uh, I reckon everyone should check out for sure. They've got a new album that's just about to come out too. So there's heaps of cool shit going on, man. That's for sure. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, that actually brings brings us to the next subject. Uh, I don't... Every week I do a thing called the Band of the Week. Uh, what it is is a, band, a metal Australian band unsigned under a thousand social media likes or follows. Uh... I pick a new band every week, and what happens is uh, it's just something that I do. Uh, they go into the running for the Band of the Year Award, and what that is is like a uh, glass skull bottle filled with an alcohol of their choice or a liquid of their choice if they don't drink. Uh, then engraved on the front is the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. Engraved on the back is the Band of the Year, then their name, uh, and then I send it out to them. Uh, the band of the week 
goes in the running to win the Band of the Year award is pretty much what I'm saying. Uh, this week I uh, had a couple of suggestions from the two that dropped out, but uh, I've ended up picking a band from Canberra, a metal band from Canberra. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but they're called Namaza, or I think that's how you pronounce their name. Have you guys ever yeah, heard of Yeah, no, no, I've definitely heard of those. Yeah, yeah I, have, I, I can't say I've heard their material, but I've seen we've played with them before a couple of times. Oh, cool. So now would have been the point where I would have Matt and Dan on the show continuing with me to co-hosting, but due to a bunch of technical fuck-ups on my end, uh, I... Either didn't record their half of the of the conversation, or didn't record my half of the conversation for a lot of a lot of this, and I didn't realize until I went to put the show together today that I didn't do that. And uh, fuck, I'll try it again in the future. I know what I did wrong, and I know I can fix it. It is a fixable problem. But uh, if they stayed on the line, we would have talked about our sound wave prediction for the second lineup announcement. Uh, my big uh, prediction is King Parrot. Matt would not have a, uh, a say on that. He said, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And that was all he would answer. But uh, I think they're on the lineup. I hope they're on the lineup. Hope they, uh, I hope that I'm not putting a uh, curse on them by saying that. But I really want to see them on the lineup. That would be the tipping point. I'm not sure if I can afford to go to any concerts this year because I'm trying to do something personal with my family that I'm not going to release publicly just yet. Uh, but I'm not sure if I can go to Soundwave this year. Uh, but I really hope that AJ puts King Parrot on the lineup, whether they're on the second lineup announcement or they're a special added later on. I don't care as long as they're on there. At least I really want them on there. Uh, Dan went on to say that he doesn't really care much about festivals anymore, and that's a lot of people. A lot of people have that point of view. Um, but they're not the greatest things ever. At least I don't think they are. Like the hot days, you always get summit, you always get worn out. The good thing about them is you see a lot of bands in one day that you can uh, tick off your bucket list, so to speak. Like uh, in 2008, I saw Carnival and Rage Against Machine at the same concert on the same day that I saw Grinspoon and Silverchair. Hated, fucking hated Silverchair. Fuck you. Yeah, can you hear my alarm in the background? Uh, do you know what song that is? That is the pot by Tool. Uh, it's ironically to take my painkillers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Soundwave. It, it's looking good. Uh, apparently there is no fourth headliner. I guarantee the fourth headliner was meant to be Rise Against. And Rise Against got named on the, uh, uh, Foo Fighters tour, who, by the way, are touring against uh, Soundwave, which is very unique, but if anybody can do it, they can. And uh, Eminem did it last year as well. Um, who else has done it? I don't think anybody else has been big enough or stupid enough to do it. But Frontier Touring, who are the ones that are bringing it uh the Foo Fighters seem to give no fucks about it uh the next subject was uh a subject that got brought up to me by a metal mind commenting talking to me uh he asked me do i think that metallica are the kings of heavy metal uh and i modified it i said are the metallica the kings of heavy metal if they are when they'll retire who will take over and all three of us were unanimous about the fact that they weren't the uh, There are no kings of heavy metal. There is not a monarchy in heavy metal. At least there shouldn't be. It's a brotherhood pretty much. And everybody will obviously not on equal ground. There is a hierarchy but not a monarchy. Uh, but um, are they different? 
if they're not, send me uh, send me an email or a tweet or hit me up on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown or just search the Full Metal Lockdown podcast on Facebook. If not, hit me up on the email, fullmetallockdown at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 1989 and I will get back to you. I will answer you. Uh, but uh, weighing on what you think, are Metallica the kings of heavy metal? Were they ever the kings of heavy metal? And are they still the kings of heavy metal? And will they take? who will take over for them? When they retire, if they were kings of metal, that's not Metallica in my view. It's Black Sabbath in my view, and they are retiring. So who will take over for them? Will it be someone as old as Metallica who will retire eventually, or is it someone coming up from underneath like Slipknot? Even though a lot of people out there don't like Slipknot, look at what they're doing. Could it be someone like Corn? Could it be someone else out there? I don't know. Hit me up on the Twitter, like I said, at Tom underscore Roberts 1989, or email me at com, or hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Lockdown, or just search the Fullmetal Lockdown podcast. Uh, we also talked about a subject that I I believe that it is close to these two because they know the lead singer of this band. But uh, it's close to me because they're probably my one of my favourite of all time. Uh, and I've got the guitarist image uh, tattooed to my arm. Uh, Pantera, should they reunite? This is a recurring subject on my podcast that I want to talk with them especially uh, I brought up everything I know about it. They brought up everything they know about it. They, we, all three of us, were in agreement pretty much that it won't happen. It'll never happen. People need to move on and get over it. Um, pretty much. That being said, that if it does happen, I'll be there, unless it's like overseas, in which case I will save every penny I have to be there, but, uh, yeah, if it, if it it turns into a tour and it happens over here, I will be there, no one's gonna stop me, uh, but, yeah, right now, we actually have our interview with, uh, with, uh, Ben Weber from The Murdering and Deprivation and, uh, whatever else he's done. I've known Ben for a long time. I've known him since the start of Deprivation, pretty much. And, uh, this interview is very cool. He actually explains to me why Deprivation broke up during this portion of the interview. As always, there is a second portion of the interview next week. It's very much, uh, origin-heavy and Deprivation-heavy. Uh, his origins, I mean, not the band origin. Uh, it's very much talking about what he's doing about doing now with uh, the murdering and their film clip from the slaughterhouse floor. Uh, yeah, check it out. This is a really good interview. This is part one of my interview with uh, Ben Weber from the murdering, formerly of deprivation. I'm sitting down right now with uh, a man that was the front man of uh, I Made It No Secret, my favorite Australian metal band. I'm sitting down on the line with Ben Weber, who's currently in The Murdering, used to be in uh, Deprivation. Uh, how you going, Ben? I'm good, brother. Good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's been ages, actually. Since I moved from Orange, I don't have much contact with a lot of the people up there. Yeah. So, uh, how's stuff with the murdering going? Because I've been seeing the murdering name pretty much everywhere of recent, and it seems that the murdering picked up where deprivation left off. So, how's that going? Uh, that, that's, that sounds good to us, mate, the, the fact that uh, people are hearing about it, because, you know, we're not a, a, a really busy band. We're sort of just, you know, pretty casual and, and take it as it comes, but we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy, you know. I've I've uh, I've got a kid, and and my brother Jake, the guitarist, he's got a kid, and the other guys have other other projects. So we sort of just you know cruise along and do what we can when we can. Yeah. Well, if you for all the people out there listening, if you haven't seen the uh, video clip for it, uh, the uh, murdering song. I forget the actual name of the song because I was distracted by the film clip. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, go to their Facebook yeah. page yeah, yeah. and find it. It's interesting to say the least. Uh, don't watch it at work. Uh, don't watch it around your kids. But uh, it's actually really like it had me going, "What the hell?" And then at the end of it, had me going, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like it actually tells and the it, story. It, I know like, exactly what you're talking about, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. It's so brutal. The, the, the song, it's it's uh it's supposed to be brutal. I think it was brutal for brutal sake. Uh, the song is called "From the Slaughterhouse Floor," That's and um, yeah, like you say, it's it's very graphic. Um, and what a lot of people didn't understand, and you know, we're not ones to to um, you know, we we don't really think we should have to explain our art as such, but um. The song itself's about um, animal cruelty, um, and we're we're definitely not for it. it the song is uh, you know against cruelty. It says animals in um, the way they they're killed in livestock, you know, our, our everyday food and uh, uh, animal testing in laboratories on cosmetics and you know all that kind of stuff, but. For those people that uh, have watched it and then you got like 20 or 30 seconds into it, um, you know, it does progress and, and towards the end of the song, the uh, the animals do fight back yeah. and there's some pretty uh, full-on stuff there. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's uh, it's very graphic, but it does tell a story. If you watch the whole thing, by the end of it, you're going, oh, well, I get it. That was really cool. It was really graphic, but that was really cool. But yeah, that was probably the most unique metal clip I've seen in a very, very long time. Congratulations. Well, we we really wanted, you know, that it's our first proper clip with uh with the murdering and we, you know, we wanted to make a bit of a statement and show, you know, this is what this is what we are and, you know, you've been warned. <laughs> um so yeah, we wanted it as as much in your face as you could and and that definitely worked. Yeah, yeah, it definitely worked. So, uh, Ben, uh, uh, tell me a bit about your history in regards to metal. Like, I know that uh, Deprivation was your first, like, real big kind of foray into uh, Australian heavy metal. But what happened before that? Like, how did how did you lead up to being the front man for Deprivation? Man, um, I've always always been into metal. I've, you know. I've said, and um, and I suppose a lot of other metalheads say, you know, you you're either into metal from an early age, or or you're not really. Um, so you know, I, I got brought up on my my mum. Um, she actually listened to Black Sabbath, and you know, um, was was just a little into Metallica when they were out, you know, and Justice for All and stuff. So I was always around it, um, but I, I hadn't really done anything metal-wise in a band until deprivation happened, and that was, you know, the boys, uh, mainly Jake and Lachlan, uh, they they all went to TAFE together and were studying music and decided to uh, kick-start a band and wanted to do something heavy. There wasn't much in heavy metal around in Orange at the time, and um, they said to me, do you want to do a crack? And, you know, I, I thought, why not? I'll have a go and see how it, see how it goes, and... No, I, uh, I ended up screaming at people uh, all over Australia and, and uh, luckily overseas as well for about eight, nine years. Mm. Yeah, bizarre. Deprivation from memory, you formed in 2006 for the uh, Rock Up Battle of the Bands, if I'm correct. Yeah, man, I, I think uh, you were, you were uh, running the show back then, weren't you? No, that was about uh, three months before I got in. I got in just before Armageddon Cement. 
you were one of the few Tom that were uh, were there from the start and actually got to see how we uh, how we matured and, and grew as a band and yeah, exactly. It was a pretty cool journey. Yeah, I remember the very first, the original lineup of Deprivation with Jacob Hurd, Jacob Weaver, Zach Train, <laughs> you and Lockie Harrison all yeah. playing together. And then uh, I remember when Lee filled in when Zach was. Well, I'm still not sure what happened with Zach, but he wasn't there anymore. And uh, then I remember Damo joining the band. I yeah, like yeah, I said, I've been there from the start. So many, uh, yeah, so many, so many lineup changes in that band, and it's thankfully they were uh, they were all mates. You know, we we had quite a large circle of of heavy metal mates that all played instruments so when one decided to you know move away or a few of the boys moved and went to uni and and um and and stuff like that we always had someone else you know sort of in the shadows waiting to jump into that spot we were really lucky yeah i had uh uh mandy yours wade mckay on the podcast last season and i also had dan mcdougall from frankenbach on the podcast and we're all in agreement that uh, deprivation was one of the most unique things ever because as soon as a person decided to leave, someone was there a week later replacing them. Except for maybe when Ori was gone, it took a while to replace him. But, like, seriously, he was like your, like, what, six bass player? Yeah, something like that, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was definitely different, but... um. You know, each time someone joined, uh, that deprivation sound stayed there. But um, you know, we we had that extra little element to to progress and evolve, which is which was great. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Ben, where is your favourite town to play outside of a hometown gig? Like, uh, where is your favourite town or venue to play at? But um. It's funny you should say that, Tom, because I was I've I've just gone for a uh, a weekend away with my family down in Melbourne, and um, I was luckily enough to catch some good friends of mine, Truth Corroded from Adelaide. Um, they were down there supporting uh, Carisium from Brazil, and um, I was just in the right place at the right time, and and rocked up there and saw the guys, and and I were reminiscing about shows we've done in Adelaide, and. It's by far my favourite place in Australia to play. Um, the Adelaide music scene's just awesome. They're so friendly, and the the metalhead brotherhood there is so strong. You know, I, in deprivation, we go there once or twice a year. Yeah. So Adelaide's definitely the place, mate. Yeah, I was actually shocked when I would see the uh, deprivation tour schedule. You'd go like Orange, Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide. And I was like, wow, that's a big trip. But yeah, it must have been worth it. I've actually, a lot of people have said Adelaide on the show, like uh, Andy Dowling from Lord. I think even Dave Haley from Socoptic said uh, Adelaide was one of his favourite places to play too. It's great, man. They've only got a few venues there, but they've always got... People there that are hungry for live music and, you know, they'll always support you. So I'll, I'll always go back there. I'm, I was actually talking to the boys, trying to work out a time next year to hopefully get down there with the murdering because we haven't, we haven't really travelled that far yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, are, have you done any uh, major touring with the murdering or just more one-off shows? No, at, at the moment it's just the, the one-off. Our... Um, our our home schedules, you know, um, families, and uh, we all work different rosters and such. So at the moment, it's just been um, one show, you know, every couple of weeks and whatnot. Um, but that's given us more time to to get in the studio and record. Um, you know, we've we've only been together now for uh, about eighteen months, and we've already released digitally uh, online three. 3EP, so it's definitely given us a lot more time to create and, and get the tunes out there. So when we do get around to playing more shows, we've we've got a full catalogue and everyone will know them. Hopefully, hopefully. 
Yeah. Uh, like I said, this uh, from the slaughterhouse floor is on YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, all your music's on Bandcamp, if I'm correct. Uh, you can go check that out. But uh, right. they're very much worth a listen. Uh, your vocal style is very hard to mistake, but uh, it's it's still um, uh, what's different from Deprivation, but not in a bad way. If you know what I mean, like uh, the lyrical content yeah. is a bit different, and the way you phrase things is a bit different. The tone is still there because it's your voice. Obviously, it would be like anyone going to a different band, yeah. you're gonna notice. But it is different from Deprivation, if you know what I mean. But not in a bad way. I, did. I appreciate that, bro. Um... De- deprivation was was very personal. Um, I think for everyone involved, it, all my lyrics in deprivation were you know life experiences, things going on with other members, and it, most of those songs really had you know our, our heart and soul, and uh, a lot of my uh, my inner emotions are in those songs that people don't know about, which is which is good. I try to keep things a little cryptic, but. Um, with the murdering, I, I really just wanted to explore and ha- and have a bit of fun. So, you know, we've we've got songs about um, uh, serial killers, and um, there's one song, Skinwalker. Our very first tune was um, from the the perspective of a zombie. So, you know, just just having a few, just 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 fun, and it's just metal. You know, it's just out there in, in the face. But um, I'm slowly. Slowly um, putting more of myself into the songs as we all get comfortable with ourselves because, you know, we haven't been together for long and um, just working out how each other works and, and having fun. I think, uh, to me, what it seems like is uh, there's a lot of um, uh, confidence in the murdering and I think that stems from the fact that you and Albie and you and uh, Jake Rain bands together, you and Jake are brothers. Uh you you've got a member from Days End in the band as well and he's he's done it all if you can if I uh, even though they've been broken up for a while, if you know what I mean, he's done it all. So like you're all professionals, you've all got chemistry and it's all working very, very, very well. Yeah, we Obviously, yeah, um, Albie and I have, have played um, countless, countless shows together. So we know we know each other's ins and outs, and um, it's really comfortable. Um, and the two of us have also played with my brother Jake um, years ago. So, you know, that was um, quite easy just to get back into that standing on stage next to my brothers. Really cool, and uh, I enjoy the fact that I can do that again. Um Jason, our second guitarist, um, and he, he played in Days End for quite some time. Um, he's no longer with us. Um, he he lives in Sydney, and um, we tried for for a while there to, um, you know, do the in another city guitarist, and he'd come and practice when he could, and we'd go there, and you know, because we're so casual, we didn't really need to practice all the time. But um, his his family commitments. Um, Sort of took over, and and he he had to step down. So um, these days we're just a uh, one guitar machine, which um, Jake's taken on his shoulders quite well. He, he enjoys it, and um, and we now have a a full time bass player, uh, Quinn Luxford, and um, he's a local guy as well um, from around the Bathurst area back in the day. Actually, when Deprivation started out, so that's really cool too. Yeah, I didn't realize that Jason wasn't in the band anymore. Uh, when did when did yeah, that he, um, he he was with us for um, the uh, the first EP, and um, we we did a few shows together with with Jace. We um, our first show was with King Parrot here in Orange, which is um, beyond unbelievable. To uh, have our first, very first gig opening for the Parrot was was just wicked, and. Uh, and we went on and we played in Canberra with um, Frank and Bach, very good friends of ours, and um, Eight Foot Sativa from New Zealand. And uh, after that, um, yeah, Jace got the news that uh, 
he and his wife were expecting their second child, so he uh, had to bow down. And uh, not long after that, we went into the studio to record the, the second EP. So just the, the few, first few tracks are, are Jason, and uh, afterwards it's just been Jake on his own. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I said, I didn't realise that. Oh, well, that's just all the credit to Jake, like how good he is. And especially now, um, we've got Quinn on the bass. He uh, is a he's a mad dog bass player. He plays plays a um, a six string uh, bass and plays with his fingers. So I've, I've never seen any like I've never I've never never I've played with many a bass player and and he's at the top of the list. Like it's just I have to have to stop sometimes and just look at him and like how is this human? What are you doing with his fingers? It's <laughs> it's amazing. So uh, does that six string bass add like a uh, prog sound to the murdering, or does he keep it nice and heavy? I, he um, yeah, him and him and Jake work really well. So because we've only got the one guitar now, that his bass is is so full sounding. Um, we don't need really that that second guitar. So Jake does his thing, and 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 Quinn does. His and they sort of just wrap around each other and you know follow out his groove. And Quinn's such a, a funky player, but it's it's just a, a dirty, dirty funk, I suppose. It's it's you have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ben, um, who are your favorite Aussie metal bands, whether the past or present, either signed or independent, as big as you want, as little as you want? Who are your favourites? Favourite Aussie bands? That's, that's hard, man. The good thing in, in this is um, I'm friends with all of them. I've, I've learned over the years to, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm a, a, a pretty approachable guy. And uh, whenever I see a band, I, I'll, I'll go up to them and say, man, you guys, you know, you, you were great and what, whatever I thought. And, um, you know, the next thing I know, I'm best mates with them and, you know, catch up whenever we can. So... Over the years, I've met so many Aussie bands um, and played with, and I'm lucky to say that I'm I'm really good mates with all of them. Um, top of the list would be uh, obviously Recoil VOR. You had Wade on the program not long ago. Um, great guys, great tunes, and and I think they're just um, you know unique to the Aussie scene. No, no one really sounds like what they do they, they're always keeping it fresh and trying new things and um actually they're just about to go back to the states with uh non-point and, and one of your favorites yeah non-point and um head pair uh head, yeah yeah so that's that's a bonus for them and, and uh you know my, my my boys down in melbourne frankenbock um the bearded fools that uh, i've been friends with them for a very long time now and you know they always pump out Great, great party Aussie tunes. Um, I'll try and give you one from each state, actually. Um, <laughs> up in Queensland, you've got uh, In Death from Brisbane. Uh, really good mates of mine. Uh, they, they play some wicked, wicked death metal. Um, so if listeners out there haven't heard these guys, you need to check them out because uh, they're at the forefront. I actually have a mate in Brisbane who has suggested them to me. They're, they're they're awesome and uh, you know all all of these bands. Um, there's there's something happened. The the, the Aussie Aussie scene's been uh, so up and down for quite some time, and it seems like the last uh, last twelve months bands have been going well. You know we're not getting the recognition we we really deserve here in Oz. So they're reaching into their wallets and they're you know they're they're touring overseas. Um, Obviously, recoil heading to the states. I'm pretty sure in death have something up their sleeves. They haven't let out of the bag yet. Um, you know, you've you've got your bigger bands like Diardi's Murder that that uh, that we dig. We we really love those guys. Um, um, and and bands like Psychotic that you know constantly stepping it up and uh, and always overseas. So a lot of uh, mates are. You know, doing really well, and makes me proud to be in an Australian metal band when I see my friends doing such great things. 
And you, you can't discredit the things that you've done either. I mean, deprivation were at the forefront of metal for the Central West. For, like, proving that a band can do it from a rural town, like, you guys were at the forefront of it. Exactly, man. Uh, we, we, um, we, we reveled in the fact that, you know, we come from a small country town so far away from a, a big city, and, you know, we... We had, you know, a few leg-ups here and there from other bands and, you know, people wanted us to come and play, but at the end of the day, we did it all ourselves and, um, you know, you make contacts and, and you uh, you socialise with other bands and, you know, you, you just go, well, how come that band's doing that and we're not? And you look into it and you really, you just go and do it and if, if it doesn't work, then you've tried and shit happens, you start again. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you've done New South Wales, you've done Melbourne, and you've done Queensland. Do you have an Adelaide favourite, like a South Australian? I've got a few down there. Well, obviously, Truth Corroded are always uh, a great trash band. Um, they've been out for a long time, so you know they they know exactly what they're doing. Um, but the the younger bands, um, Sabon Kira, are, are a great band. Um, uh, Alkira, they're uh, they're really big at the moment. They're great guys, and uh, Beyond the Oblivion are another one that you should check out. You know, I reckon you dig those. Uh, very cool. I'll make sure I track them out. Now, uh, you guys never toured over in uh, WA, did you? No, mate. It was it was one thing that we uh, we always wanted to do, and and when we went to uh, for America, we were going to try and, and uh, tee it in, fly to Perth and do a few shows and then take off from there to the States, but it's it's just so so difficult to um, to get over there and, and make it worthwhile, you know, you're not going to fly all the way to the other side of the country for one show, so you have to make sure you've got a few and it's yeah. so costly, like, it, it, you, know, you know, it's like Australian uh, airlines are quite dear. <laughs> And uh, and us metal us metal bands don't really get paid that much to play, you know. We're not in it for the money, so <laughs> you're pretty much flying over there for, for for the for the hell of it, for the love of the music. Yeah, uh, uh, I think it was actually I think it was Wade McKay said that uh, playing over in WA is like playing in New Zealand. In fact, it, no, sorry, it was Andy Dowling said that it was actually cheaper to play in New Zealand than it is to play in WA, and it's. Like, it's really unfortunate exactly. because like, it should be cheaper considering it's part of our country, but it's so hard to get over there. Yeah, yeah, well, I think uh, a lot of people um, overseas, like, um, uh, through Europe and America, just don't realise how how big our country is. You know, you can you can fly from Sydney to New Zealand, another country, in, uh, you know, three or four hours, but to fly from Sydney to Perth, one side of the country to the other is, you know, eight hours. Yeah. So it makes exactly. a big difference. And I, uh, I've talked to a few Americans because I've, I've got a few American bands coming up on the show, but uh, which I'm keeping a little bit hush-hush at the moment. But uh, they're, they're saying, oh, it shouldn't be easy to tour Australia. And I'm like, well... Travel from one capital city to the other, you would have gone through about four or five states in America. Not really. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, it's about 12 hours from Sydney to Melbourne, if not more. And like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, it's not like touring yeah. in America. You do a capital city run if you're big enough, and that's it, because you can't really afford to do anything else. Yeah, unless you've got a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> in which case you're doing the arena shows and you're only doing the capital cities anyway. Yeah, and then you're missing out on all the good bits too. Yeah, yeah I, I think the some of the the regional shows in Australia are, are, are the fun ones. They're the, they're the ones that are hungry for it. Yeah, uh, I, I remember when uh, Lamb of God and Baroness supported Metallica a few years ago. I didn't go to the Metallica show. But Baroness, the night before the Sydney show, did uh, the Annandale Hotel. Uh, they went there and they just headlined a show for the hell of it. 
Yeah. And then uh, this year... Yeah, I, I, I remember that tour, yeah. And then when Green Day headlined Soundwave this year, they went to uh, Sydney and headlined a, a club show. And now I said that afternoon on Twitter that we're playing a club show in Sydney and they played to 900 people. Even though that's not metal. Yeah, and uh, a, a lot of, I've noticed a lot of, um, you know, bigger international bands are coming over and they're playing smaller venues, which which is, is, is great. It's, it's, I find it a lot more enjoyable in that intimate surrounding, you know, um, not long ago, I went and saw um, the Acacia Strain at the Lansdowne Hotel in, in Sydney at Broadway. And, um, you know, I've, in deprivation, I've played that venue, I don't know how many times. It's it's too many to remember. But um, to watch this huge American band that, are, that we're all fans of playing on a stage that I've played on so many times was, was pretty surreal. Yeah. So, uh... That would be pretty surreal. I can't say I've had that privilege, but I can say I've stood on the stage at the big day out. I've stood on the main stage, but that's about it. <laughs> and yeah, you did know that, brother. <laughs> I actually did it before I met the Peppers, and then I did it again when I met the Peppers. So I worked for the big day out in 2010 with the backstage pass, and I snuck my way up onto the stage. It's not. It's not a bad move at all, man. <laughs> I, I just up thought that. that I had to like at least put a foot on the on that stage, especially since it's gone now. But only a handful of people in the world have ever stepped foot on that stage. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of uh, something cool, like seeing a band that you've always admired playing on a stage that you always play on. Uh, what is your best or worst experience at a metal show? Best or worst? Um, man, I, I don't think I have any any bad experiences at metal shows. They've always been good. Um, you know, unless you unless you count, you know, chipping teeth in the mosh pit, which I do constantly. I've really got to stop doing that. <laughs> um. <laughs> But um, oh man, you know it's it's always a hoot when you get to meet one of your idols, just you know, side of stage or out in the car park or something like that. That's that's really cool. I um, one of the times uh, Static X toured, um, I was lucky enough to go and watch uh, the support bands at the Metro were. Recoil VOR at the time, they were just Recoil, and uh, and Our Last Enemy, who my brother Jake played guitar for at the time, and so that was really cool, and then, you know, helped them with their gear and whatnot, watch Static X, and then afterwards got to meet uh, Tony, the bass player, and, and say day to Wayne Static himself, so that was that was a, a bit of a highlight, especially now that Wayne's no longer with us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. Uh, yeah, it's like you said, especially because Wayne's no longer with us. He uh, passed away, was it last week or the week before? Um, but uh, yeah, that would have been really cool. Like, I would have loved to have met Wayne Static before he passed away, but yeah. Uh, is, uh, Deprivation supported the former lead singer of Iron Maiden. Did you uh, get to hang out with him at all? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the man himself, Mr. Diano, uh, he he was um, he was quite quiet and um, got a, got around with a walking cane. He um, he's, he's a bit like Ozzy Osbourne in in some aspects, where you know he, he seems really frail and and quiet, and but as soon as he gets on stage, he's just this voice coming out of him, and you know you could see the metal god transform in front of you. Um, but no, that was really cool, me and. Uh, uh, our bass player at the time, Ori. Um, we we both had a little hangout with him and a, and a bit of a chat, just everyday bullshit. But you know that was that was pretty cool to be um, just chatting out backstage to um, rock royalty. I suppose it was very cool. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Uh, so Ben, 
I'm going to ask you a uh, pretty loaded question here. Uh, no, they seem, the depth seemed so strong before they, uh, before the breakup, and the breakup was a shock to everyone that heard it, because it was Lynch Marta's last show, and a few other, uh, another band's last show, but no one expected it to be Depp's last show, and then the night before, you, uh, you or Lock, you or whoever, posted it on the Facebook that it's gonna be your last show. Uh, why did Depp break up? And what led up to it? Hey, man. Um, yeah, it's actually a brave question, Tom, because not many people have actually asked me. Not that I uh, see too many people anymore, but but um, I, I suppose after so many years um, of going through lineup changes, and you know, like it, it seems like it it was an easy process for us from the outside, but on the inside, you know, you really do have to start from scratch every time you get a new member. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd done that probably 15 times in the, the eight years the band was together, and each time it happened, it, it sort of, you know, kicked away at me and, um, you know, started to get... Um, I don't know, I, I still... I still had love for the band and the music that we had and, and all the guys. We, we still all talk and um, every, everyone's mates. But, um, you know, I, I think I just come to the point I was seeing Lynch Marta and they weren't doing this huge, um, you know, farewell tour and they were just doing a few shows. And I think it just, it just um, come to a point where I was like, I, I think I just really need, uh, need a break and a change and... Um, yeah, I, I just made the decision that, you know, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. And when I put it to the guys, they, um, obviously they were very shocked. Um, but they, they sort of, um, come to the, uh, the point where they, they didn't want to continue without me. They, they'd rather it finish on a high than to, uh, replace the singer, I guess. So, so yeah, that's what happened, mate. You know, no bad blood. Um, just the the end of the tether, I suppose, and you know, needed something fresh. Okay, so uh, pretty much rather than replace you, and to me, you and Lockie were the heart and soul of that band, because you were the pretty much the only two originals left in the band, and if one of you were to go, I if I was in the band, I would have put it to the rest of the band as well. But uh, so what you what you're pretty much saying is that it was a mutual thing and no bad blood with anyone. Yeah, definitely, man. It was um, you know, I I, I um I sort of put the nail in the coffin because I'd said to the guys, you know, I I don't want to do this anymore. Um, even though to this day I still I think about it all the time. Um, but yeah, I said to them, look, you, there's so much going on and so much to look forward to. You know, there's a you know there'd be a, at least a handful of guys that would want to crack at at um, singing for deprivation, and um, they uh, they all talked about it and, and agreed that you know it just wouldn't be the same. So they'd rather just leave it as it was and um, you know move on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, when the band broke up, you were right in the middle of recording an EP. Uh, would the EP ever see the light of day, or is it finished? I, I, I said that that day that I uh, that I left that you know I'd, I'd still like to to uh, to see it happen. Obviously, the newer guys, Jesse and Dutch, um, you know they they don't really have their names on anything deprivation except for the last single we did, um, Murder Your Excuses, but. There's no no hard copies, you know. That was strictly online, and um, pretty much everything's been recorded. Tom, um, the boys went down and recorded again with uh, Darren Jenkins, uh, the same guy that did um, our Amalgam album, and you know, a lot of other big Aussie acts. Um, I think all that's left is um, vocals and you know guitar solos and a few overdubs, and and it'll be done. Um, it's it's just a matter of getting the time and 
and um, and getting it done. I guess Lachlan has um, his work he has to do, and and I've got you know the murdering happening. So it's sort of on the back burner. We we all want to make it happen. I I just uh, I don't know when it's going to happen. Is okay. So uh, it's the same producer and engineers as Amalgam. So can we expect? If it ever does come out, it, uh, would it be similar to Amalgam or is it something completely different that we'll never expect from Deprivation? Because it is your last, have you put anything different in it or unique or is it going to be um, not the same, but is it going to be a classic Deprivation EP, if you know what I mean, like in a good way? It's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it's it'd be uh, it'd be the same, but only different. <laughs> um, it's it, the the songs that the boys had had recorded definitely had that uh, a deprivation groove, which I think we were most known for. Um, you know, at its brutal elements, but um, these these group of songs, I I feel were a lot more melodic and. Um, Bigger sounding, not not so much heavy, just um, um, you know, just epic, epic songs. Um, and you know, I I was still in the writing process when the boys were in the recording studio, so you know, um, the songs were all probably eighty, ninety percent complete with the with the vocal lyrics and stuff like that. So. I was trying a few things which I hadn't done before, but I've, I've since started to put into the murdering stuff. So if it ever gets if it ever gets released, um, it'll definitely be a uh, an evolution of what deprivation used to be. Um, but you know, we just have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah. Or well, if it ever does come out, I'll be one of the first ones in line to get a copy. But. Uh... Well, like I mean, if, if it ever does come out, and I, I would say uh, it will come out eventually. I just don't know when, and and when it does, um, you know, it'll be out there for free for everyone. Because um, you know, that's that's what we're all about—just getting the tunes out, whether it's a band still together or not. It's it's music, and uh, yeah, we'd, we'd definitely be giving it away. Oh, very cool. Uh, uh, I've got everything that Deprivation has ever done, even the original demo, which I still reckon would have been a gold if you did a show with all six original demo tracks. Wow, that's that's some old stuff. Not many people have that one. <laughs> uh, um, it's got the Affluent I Sacrifice and When Worlds Collide and a few others. Some, some really cool and fun songs on that disc that... Um, yeah, we we used to uh, we used to use several of those songs in um, you know like sound checks at gigs or uh, warm ups at practice and just just for fun. Um, I think we might have played one or two of them in the later years, um, and then realised that you know the band had changed so much that it just wouldn't work. <laughs> but a lot of fun. Yeah, and you brought one back for our album. Or you changed it slightly, but it, it came back eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is the end of our first week worth of interviews. Now, uh, questions, Ben. I don't know if you listen to my show, but I always end every show on the same question. It's a multiple choice question, and there are three choices. Or there are actually four choices now. Uh, because I modified it. Uh, a, you get to ask me a question. B, B asks a really strange or weird question by me. C, give me the quote of the week for next week's show. Or D, give me the song of the week for this week. Okay. I, I think I'd like to ask you a question. <laughs> okay. So, how many bands and what bands were there that at the time when you were in uh, your wheelchair, how many times have you been crowd surfing in your chair at a gig and what bands? 
twice. Uh, the very first time and the only good time because I didn't nearly, or I did nearly kill myself, was deprivation at the Amalgam album launch at the Victoria Hotel in Orange. And I didn't know they were going to yeah, do yeah. that. The other time was at Soundwave waiting for, I think it was Lamb of God to start. And someone picked me up and then I didn't know who they were and my wife, who was my, she was my girlfriend at the time. No, fiance at the time. I uh, freaked out because she didn't know who they were either. So we told them to put me down and they put me down. Security guard got freaked out so he sent me to the side of the stage and Mark Morton gave me a pick. <laughs> Laughing. So you got Lamb of God and deprivation. I'll, I'll pay that. That's great. <laughs> so I mean, the uh, you're in the same class as Lamb of God with me. Excellent, bro. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, you're you're a big Lemma God fan, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I've always when, when Deprivation first started out, we um, we started out playing Lemma God covers. So oh, yeah, good. definitely uh, a big part of my influence. I got uh, in my display cabinet. I'm looking at it right now. I've got Lemma God Sacrament, uh, the deluxe two disc edition with the cover. Uh, signed by every member of the band. Man, that's cool. That's um, that, that's my favorite Lamb of God album too. It's it's fantastic. It's funny because it's not actually my favorite Lamb of God album. Uh, my favorite Lamb of God album, and yeah. I get a lot of shit for this because it's uh, it's it's a unique album. It's got its own sound, and that's probably because they were in a. Uh, fairly rough place when they recorded it and it's produced by Devin Townsend if I'm correct but as the palace has been palaces yeah and it's it's phenomenal I I, uh, I like all that stuff obviously a big fan but um that one there was yeah it's definitely a standout isn't it yeah they uh, remastered, remixed it, sorry, and remastered it. And Devin Townsend oh. went back in the studio and redid the whole thing. And uh, I think it's... I have not heard the remastered version. They did a full documentary on it because Devin Townsend hates that album. And he never got a chance to properly mix it. So he went back in the studio and mixed it. I'm pretty sure on Roadrunners do I am. Definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, been week one with Ben Weaver of the murdering and deprivation, uh, formerly of deprivation. Uh, we'll have him back for the second half of the interview next week. We'll stay on the line and record it, but it won't air until next week. So uh, thank you, Ben, for being on the show this week. Uh, thanks for having me, bro. Uh, anytime, mate, anytime. You're welcome back. Anytime you want to come back. In fact, next week. Um, Please hang up and try again. So that was part one of my interview with Ben Weaver of The Murdering, formerly of Deprivation. Uh, How did you like it? I thought it was pretty cool. He had a pretty cool explanation why Deprivation broke up. It was a mutual thing. They didn't want to continue without him. They knew people would want to replace him, but it was a uh, not wanting to continue without Depthroat himself, as uh, his Twitter handle calls him. Uh, it's pretty cool that uh, he, he brought it to the band and they accepted it so well, for lack of a better word. But uh, right now, if the other two were actually... If the... Uh, if the other two, if the recordings actually survived and uh, I didn't fuck up so fucking badly for fuck's sake. Fuck! Anyway, uh, uh, we would have talked about a favourite live metal DVD. Uh, I cannot for the life of me remember what either of them said. Uh, I remember what I said because it is sitting right in front of me. Uh, the girl's first 10th anniversary DVD and the only reason I said that is because uh, it is so eclectic. I have so many live DVDs, I had to pick one, and I picked the one with all, pretty much 
uh, 15 different lives hurt on the DVD, so yeah, it's uh, got Black Sabbath, it's got Rob Zombie, it's got uh, the all-time greatest metal band ever, Wicked Wisdom. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're wondering why I'm laughing at that, uh, YouTube Wicked Wisdom, their lead singer is a uh, woman named Jada Pinkett Smith. If you don't know who she is, check out 8.30 on Sunday nights on Wynn Gotham. She plays Fish. Uh, she's also married to the one and only Will Smith. Uh, she, uh, yeah, is the lead singer of this band. They are terrible. Not because Jada is the lead singer, but because they are terrible. Uh, they, they take themselves so seriously when they shouldn't. If they were a comedy act, they would kill. But they're shit, and they need to face it. Uh, but I love it because they are so shit. Uh, seriously, go check them out. Uh, next week on the show, we have a bit more of me talking shit about a lot of different, uh, shit. I talk about, uh, what actually happened with my head and what is going on with my head and how much it has affected me. Uh, it actually did a lot more than just give me headaches. Um... But I'm running out of time, so I can't go into that this week. Uh, I said this is going to be a special extended episode, and it would have been if the recordings didn't fuck themselves. But they did, so therefore it's not. Um, pretty much, uh, with that being said, tune in next week. You will hear the part two of the interview with Ben Weber. It won't be so... Deprivation yeah, heavy will be more about murdering and about what's going on in his life. Uh, it will be awesome as always, as every single episode. Uh, in between episodes, you can hit me up on Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 989. You can hit me up on the email fullmanolockdown at gmail.com. Or you can go to our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown or just search Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you can see me always talking with celebrities like AJ Matter. Uh, me and him, uh, pretty much just he taught me how to apply for funding for a charity show that I'm going to run. Uh, but yeah, uh, until next week, goodbye. I love you.